0: Let's give a clap offering to Reverend Patrick as he comes over to minister to us. Amen. Let's pray over the offering. I
1: kill the introduction. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to give unto you. Bless the monies that we've given you. Multiply them for your use in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning. Are you blessed in the Lord? Okay, we're not a lot, so let's fill the room with our amens. Hallelujah. Yeah, Rev will be here very soon for a second service. And we are having a special ordination service today. That's why you see me in my pastoral attire that I hardly wear. So he'll be here, and I'm sure the service will precede us. He comes along amen and this morning he asked me to share with you uh, what he's been sharing with us for some time about uh, evangelism amen and the Great Commission so this morning I'm gonna share with you about the four phases of the Great Commission hallelujah the four phases of the Great Commission are you are you happy to be in the Lord Okay. Shall we pray? Lord, we pray that you will bless this preaching. Lord, everything we share here would not have an effect without your Holy Spirit. And we pray that your Holy Spirit, who is the master teacher, will be here to give us insight, will give us illumination, and at the end of the day, will be doers of your word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay. The four faces. Of the Great Commission can you hear me well okay let's turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 1 verse 5 to 8 Acts chapter 1 verse 5 to 8 for John truly baptized with water hallelujah but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, without thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Hallelujah. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or what? The seasons. So one of the things I want to chip in here is that when it comes to times and seasons of things, leave that to God. Are you with me? When will I have a baby? Leave that to God. When will I marry? Leave that to God. Are you with me? When will this teenager leave home? (laughs) That one, you already know the answer, right? (laughs) You know, but in general, when will I prosper and be a millionaire? Leave that to God. Hallelujah. And when you do that, what you do end up doing is that you remove one stress point out of your life when it comes to issues of times and seasons. Do you get it? Because that is God's domain. Amen. Which the Father has put in what? In his own power. Verse 8. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and onto the uttermost parts of the earth. Are you with me? So when Jesus rose from the dead, you know, the disciples were all waiting for what they thought he came to do. That was to uh, reestablish Israel as a kingdom. And perhaps he will be the king and there will be the uh, ministers of State, cabinet you know, Peter will be in charge of Ministry of Fisheries, you know, John, whoever, they all, I'm sure they all have shared their positions. Do you get it? Judas was gone, so someone was going to do the treasury. And then he told them that, look, that issue, I mean, it's up to God. Do you get it? As to when God will establish uh, the time when Israel will come back to become a state on its own. And we all saw that it was until 1948 that Israel became a nation. That was a 2,000. It it means that it wasn't even in God's plan at that time. Do you get it? 2,000 years down the road before Israel could become a, a nation. And then he said to them that, look, the times and seasons is not for you to know, but you. Did you get it? When someone is saying that, but you, it means that don't worry about this. Let's focus on this one. Do you understand what I'm saying? So he says that, but let's go back to verse 8. But what? You shall receive power. Hallelujah. It means that the disciples couldn't do what he was going to ask them to do. Do you agree with me? When the Holy Spirit comes, and when the Holy Spirit comes, what happens? Then they are going to be what? Witnesses. Who is a witness? A witness is someone who testifies about what he has seen. Do you get it? So if you normally haven't seen something, you won't be called as a witness. If there has been an accident in your neighborhood or there's been let's, a shooting, do you see, and the police, you know, you were around, you'll be a very good witness. Do you get it? So a witness is someone who has experienced something and therefore has, uh, what do you call it, authority to speak to it. Okay. So for instance, someone who has been married for 40 years, and has married and remarried. Do you understand? It's a good witness to a young person who is about to marry. True or not true? Yeah, because you'll be able to tell, look, when the person brings a, a young lady or a young man that they want, you are not impressed. You see, that is why when you go to marry, there's a saying that, when you marry in Ghana, the old ladies used to say don't do. It indirectly means don't know. <laughs> don't do. Ah. So we thought don't know do was, you know, uh, something you say out of excitement. Meanwhile, they, they, you know, they couldn't pronounce don't know. So they said don't know. And then they are clapping don't know. So you, know, you, you don't know. What you are getting. Everyone says (laughs) Shabbat. Do you get it? You don't know. And truly, truly, you really don't know what you are getting. Do do, do you understand? So such a person can be a very good witness. That is why when you go to marriage, uh, people are getting married, they don't and they say that oh, the elders here should say something. They don't ask the young ladies. Do you, you get it? Like the, if they say the bride is 25 years old, they don't ask her friends to advise. True or not true? They will ask those who've been married or those who've been divorced or those who've been remarried or those who have been widowed to speak. And when they speak, it's like prophecy. <laughs> They've been to the battlefront And they know what works and what does not work. They know that hairstyles can't sustain a marriage. They know that money is important in a marriage. (laughs) Do you get it? So such a person can be a witness. And you can also be a witness for Jesus Christ. So long as you have been saved, automatically you are a witness. You can say that, I was blind, but now I can see. I used to be a wild sinner, but one day I went to church, and the pastor said we should lift up our hands to receive Christ. And that day my desire for alcohol was gone. I tell you, Jesus Christ is real. Do you you understand it? That makes you what? A witness. So you don't have to be like Billy Graham... He didn't say go and be like evangelist. He said that at least be a what? A witness. Tell people what you have seen. Tell people what you have experienced. Tell people how your life has changed when you came to church or you met Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Just, just express that. You don't even need to quote John three sixteen. Just tell them. Okay? And then he said that where are they going to, supposed to start? Where are they supposed to start? In Jerusalem, then he says that both in Jerusalem and what? In Judea. Now, the word both means something there. Because Jerusalem was in Judea. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just as <coughs> Manhattan is in what? New York City or New York State. So, Jerusalem was the Manhattan or the New York City of of that time, <laughs> do you get it? And then Judea was the New York state of that of that time. Then he says that start in where Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem was where they were they were known. Do you get it? That was where Christ was crucified, he resurrected, he did a lot of his works, and that's where they are. They were so he said that look, just start around this place and then move to where? Judea, okay? That starts hitting the provinces around you. And then let's move to where? And I did a little bit of search in Samaria, and Samaria was 30 miles away from Jerusalem. So what, what will be 30 miles from here? Across the bridge. Now let's go outside New York. No, outside New York State. Connecticut, uh-huh. 30 miles, Connecticut and Wells, New Jersey, the tri-states, uh, where else? So 30 miles can take you to New Jersey, right? Perhaps. Do you get it? And then Samaria was a city that, you know, when the Jews wanted to insult you at that time, they called you, you're a Samaritan. <laughs> because the Samarians were considered to be impure people. Do you get it? And in John 4, 9, the Bible says that for the Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Do you get it? And when you remember when Jesus met the woman at what? The well, the Samaritan woman. Do you get it? Then he said, she said that, you know, you Jews don't have anything to do with us. So why are you talking to me? These are people that they were not in your clique. Do you see? So Jesus was saying that, break out of your clique. So Jerusalem was a clique. Judea was a clique. That's why he said both Jerusalem and Judea. Start with your clique. And after you are done with your clique, go to those who are not in your clique. And when you are done with those people, then let's look at the uttermost parts of the world. Where is the uttermost part of the world for you here? Idaho. Oh, are you sure? Idaho perhaps per- may not may- be may- 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 do you get it? But in, in let's say we are in Israel at that time. At most probably at that time could be even West Africa. Do you get it? Could be Australia. Could be New Zealand. Could be Judea. Uh, I Judea. Could be Tonga. Could be Vanuatu. Do you know Vanuatu? You will go to Vanuatu one day. <laughs> you know, could be an island called St. Tropez. Do you know St. Tropez? <laughs> Uh-huh. Do you get it? It's a French island. So it's like indirectly God will say, I don't want any place that I've been inhabited to be left. I want the gospel to be preached in that area as well. That distance would not be a problem. I want the gospel to reach all, because the Bible says that God so would love the world. Do you get it? God's love loves everybody. You see, a mother's love, It's just for her children. True or not true? And even the children, it's not all the children that are loved equally. Or a father's love is for the children. But not all the children are... so So you can't even say God's love is like a father's love or a mother's love. Because the same love that mothers have for their children is the same love that a lion has for its cub. It's just a maternal or paternal something that God gives us to care for our own. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Or even a pastor's love. Normally, a pastor's love extends to his congregation. So if you are not in his congregation, that's why even pastors are very skeptical if you're going to marry outside the church. Because a pastor's love is normally towards what? Just his children. Do, do you understand what I'm saying or a mother-in-law's love is just towards her daughter or what her son so if the in-law because the reason she can't love you or he can love you because you are not her own she can only love her own so even if she knows that her daughter or her son is a very bad person not to marry but they will still defend the sports child. <laughs> do, do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. But God's love is for the world. Whether you are from Sudan, you are from Chad, you are from Vanuatu, you are from Tonga, you are from America, you are from Canada, you are from West Africa. God loves us all. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? You see, sometimes we Africans sometimes think, tend to think God loves us more than white people. Because we are more religious. You know, these white people, they don't love. That's not even true. (laughs) Do do, do, do you get what I'm saying? They were the ones who came to Africa when there was no electricity, no water, no internet, no cars. They sat on boats and lived among savage people who ate themselves. Do do you see? To share the gospel with us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, we might think, oh, we are the religious ones, we are the ones. No, God loves the white, he loves, God loves America. Sometimes I hear people saying, oh, America is going down. Who told you America is going down? God loves the United States of America. Do, do you get it? Yeah, God loves Canada. He loves Europe. He loves China. And he must really love the Chinese because he made a, he made a lot of them. <laughs> Yeah, one billion of them. And he must love the Indians because he made a lot of them. Do you, do you get it? Yeah. And he loved the African too. He, loved the, he loves the Australian too. God so loved the world. So God didn't want his message to be restricted to just where? Jerusalem. He said it must go out. Do you understand? And then he gave them a pattern. You know, Jerusalem... Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the world. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Now, one of the reasons why many of us don't share our faith is that we think that if we haven't gone to the uttermost, we can't do it. Do, 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 do you get what I'm saying? It's like if you haven't crossed the ocean to live among some savage people in the Amazonian jungle, and then they spare you to death, then you are not a really cold person. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? And it has that mindset. It's, I don't know where it came from, but that mindset has really stopped a lot of people from becoming witnesses. But Jesus was telling them that, look, even the uttermost won't be successful if you don't start from Jerusalem. Do you, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? The atomos is not going to work. If you, you see, there are certain things you have to start from the middle to, to just get it out. Do you, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, when you pour coffee in a hot water, you have to just pour it at one central and then the whole thing begins to what? Diffuse. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? So God was saying that, look, even the atomos won't be successful if we don't start from Jerusalem. Do you you get what I'm saying? And for you and I, our Jerusalem perhaps is not even the city, but our homes. So I'm just saying that you don't have to cross the ocean to become a witness. Because the whole world is a mission field. Do you understand what I'm saying? The whole world is what? a mission field, and crossing the ocean does not necessarily make you a missionary. (laughs) Living amongst the people of uh, Vanuatu does not necessarily make you a better missionary than someone who also decides to win souls in downtown Manhattan. At least, because at the end of the day, what? A soul is what? A soul and it's precious to the Lord you get it? So God wants you and I to start from Jerusalem. And Jerusalem, I mean your home. Do you get it? Your children, your family, your husband, your wife. Do you understand? Your parents, the people, your friends around you. You get it? Start off with them. Are you there? You see, one of the saddest things that can happen to you is to give your children everything in this world, but not give them eternal life. And for many of us, we give our children religion, but not Christ. So we don't teach them at home. We don't pray with them. We don't read the Bible with them. We say, look, I'm just going to give them to Auntie Jennifer to just take care of them for me. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is just one hour in an entire week. But what you can do, you see, recently I just made a decision. My children and we are reading through the entire Bible. We are reading through the entire Bible. We are re- we, whether you understand it, we are going to read it. And after, after we finish reading, I make them preach what they... And then we take an offering. <laughs> you can ask them, Elian, true or not true? Do you get it? Yeah, I read to them. I said, tell them, and some that they'll just be beating about the bush. I said, what we read and what we are saying, it's not the same thing. But at least the practice of it. And after that, they will preach what I shared with them. And then we take an offering. And then we pray. We are doing mock church. And then I consciously have to tell them that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and for me. Because taking them to church does not really say mean that they have heard that message. Haven't you seen people? Who go to church but haven't heard the gospel before you know i i i had one, one, one lady mocking christians you know because he went to church this lady went to church and another uh, lady had for some reasons been able to i mean took i mean fell in love with her husband and you know how the things go and this was one of the most quote-unquote spiritual people you know the people who when they speak in tongues the earth shake Have you seen those people before? You know. And then, and he was saying that, you know, despite all his thoughts, he took my husband away. So it means, look, a person going to church does not mean anything. Do you understand? What your family needs is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is your Jerusalem. That is where you can start off with. Hallelujah. Yeah, your family, your children, your husband, your wife, your parents. You know, one of the things before my my father died, I was always praying, you know, that he would get saved. And I I didn't know how I was going to preach to him. And before, I think, uh, two weeks before he died, he asked me for uh, my preaching messages. He said, I should send some to him. So, as me, my messages, what do I have? So I sent him Bishop's messages instead to listen. So after he listened to it, he said, no, no, I wanted what you were preaching. Do you get it? And perhaps I was just hoping and believing that he had listened to Bishop's message and at least heard the gospel in that message before he left the air. Are you there? And that was my prayer. And that was my desire. you hear the gospel you have to pray that your parents will be saved if they are not even if you can't share the gospel with them you have to at least give them a tape on their bed they say oh I made this book tape for you I bought this book for you because your ultimate goal is to make sure that your Jerusalem is saved do you do you understand Your Jerusalem is safe. Your husband is safe. Your wife is safe. You see, part of the reasons why we have a lot of challenges in marriages is that sometimes, you see, the husband or the wife is really not saved. It looks like a duck. Quacks like a duck. But it's not a duck. The person is really, what? Not saved. In the olden times, I would say, look, there was nothing like marriage counselling, but their marriages were very solid. Do you get it? Because the, the, the foundation of a good marriage is the salvation of the people involved and their respect for the Bible. Do you do, do, do understand? And not, that is why Bishop said he stopped marriage counselling. Because marriage counselling is strictly the Bible. And sometimes you are talking to people, talking to them. You're having meetings that go overnight. Meeting that starts at 6 p.m. and ends at 4 a.m. about chop money. I mean, you, it's such a, such a very minor issue. Do you get it? And you sometimes wonder are these people really, really saved? And most of the problems, or many of the big problems that we have, is because people are not really saved. People are not really saved. They go to church all right. They know how to talk the talk. I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed in my going out, blessed in my coming in. But what is the state of your heart? <laughs> do, do, do you get what I'm saying? What is the state of... If last week the message that um, uh, Reverend shared with us, the mystery of marriage... You can see that, you see, marriage, if we say that we are going to obey God's law. Okay, God says we should love. God says I should submit. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Now we have to peel the onion. Okay, the submission, what type? What do you mean by love? what, What kind of love are you talking about? Love like Christ loved the church. And gave himself for it. That is the type of love you're supposed to give to your wife. You know, I, I, recently I was counseling, a, 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 you know, a pastor and his assistant, and they were fighting, and they'd be fighting for two years. And then I was telling them that, listen, the problems you, get, are, you are you with me, the problems you are having. It's just basic Christianity problem. You are not loving your assistant pastor. And your assistant pastor, you are also not submitted to him. And I told him that the pastor-assistant relationship is like a husband-wife relationship. And I told one assistant that, you see, you don't find it easy to submit. So you see how difficult it is for our wives. So you have to be patient with them. <laughs> Do you understand? Uh, yeah, because it's like he has his own um, members in the church. Like, you know, like Reverend is a pastor, and I have my own group of people. These are the ones who, are, who call me pastor. <laughs> and I said, this is not right. You see, there's a power struggle going on, and I'm saying that you have to submit and become nothing so that he can become everything. Do you, you, you get it? And... I, I, as I was painting the picture, I was using the role of a husband and wife to them. They, I mean, they, they, they were so shocked that the same principles that happen in marriage are the same principles that you apply when you are leading and someone is assisting. And I was saying that this is a basic Christianity problem. That is what you guys have. You are not submitted to him. You, are, you don't submit. When he says one, you think three and four should be done. And because of that, you see, what the the pastor has also done is that he has also bypassed him, her, or him. Because he doesn't want opposition. Who wants opposition in his life? And now he's dealing with small, small boys and girls in the church. And he also feels that he's also not uh, being regarded as an assistant. In the same way that sometimes wives feel. I'm preaching, the whole house is quiet. (laughs) Do do, do you get it? Yeah, that's the same way that sometimes wives also feel. Do you get it? And I was saying that it's just a laugh problem, a a simple Christianity problem. Hallelujah. Simple, there's a simple Christianity problem. Do you get it? So you have to pray. I was going back to what I was talking about that. You have to pray that your husband will be saved. Sometimes all you have to tell yourself, you know, I think this man is not saved. You have to tell yourself, I think this woman is not saved. And you have to pray for their salvation glory be to god you have to tell yourself you know i think my children are not saved it's not a behavioral issue <laughs> do you get it you have to just accept it that look my child is not what saved and i need to pray i need to share the gospel with my child for my child to be saved i you have to tell yourself you know i think my mother-in-law is not saved simple as that i'm sure some of you have some in-laws and some (laughs) outlaws true or not true yeah you have some because you can have a mother-in-law who loves god and could love her child or father-in-law and even the in-law as well Do, do, do you get what i'm saying yeah you have to just accept that your boss is not saved The way he's treating you, you have to accept. I mean, You don't even have to. You see that this person is not saved. And God wants you and I to start from Jerusalem. Our own little diocese. Do do, you understand what I'm saying? We all have a diocese. Everybody has a diocese. And your diocese is your family. How wonderful it will be once you go to heaven and your children are in heaven. Your wife is there. Your husband is there, your parents are there. What a joy that would be! Hallelujah! Yeah. Remember the story of Lazarus and the rich man when uh, he was in hell. That the, the the rich man was in hell. What did he say? He said that what send Lazarus to my hometown, my brother's house, because I have five five brothers who don't, are not saved. And I don't want them to come here. And then Abraham said, they have what Moses wrote. Let them hear that, you see. So it tells you that the cry of, this guy's desire and wish was that his family will be saved. I don't want people, these people to come here. Eesh. I wonder how bad that place is. Because if a place is good, you normally want your brothers to come there. That's why many of you came to America. You fought for your mother. You fight for your father. You fight for your, your siblings because you know that at least here they can buy a gallon of milk. <laughs> at least the police system works. You see, you want them to come there. But I rarely see someone in Sudan or Chad who is filing for his entire sibling and family members to move there. Do you get it? And that was the cry of this person. And you know, you have to pray and wish and ask God and and witness to your family members, your brothers, your sisters, your half-brothers, your half-sisters, and pray for them. That salvation will reach them. Hallelujah. Let me read the last scripture to you and then we close. Acts 13 verse 47. Acts 13 verse 47. Acts 13, verse 47 says that. Let's read together. One, two, three, go. So. Hallelujah. What the scripture is saying is that number one, God has set us to be a light. A light to your family. Amen. A light in your family of unsaved people. God wants you to be a light there. God has, wants you to be a light at your workplace. Amongst your friends, many of us are on what? Old boys groups. How many of you are on stuff like that? Old boys, old girls groups. God wants you to be a light. Hallelujah. When they are sending the dirty WhatsApps, you should be sending clean WhatsApps. You should be sharing the message with them. Perhaps someone will be saved. Why don't you from today make a decision... That you're going to use even your social media platform as a platform for promoting salvation, instead of always sending the latest price of shoes and then the the latest car, why don't you update your WhatsApp status and say that Jesus saves? What do you think? Yeah, you will be amazed at how the impact it will have on somebody. God bless you. I'm not out of words. I'm out of time. May you become a witness in your own little Jerusalem in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Why don't you just raise your hand and let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We are grateful that, Lord, you've given us such a great work, a great commission for us to live by and to fulfill. We pray that, Lord, we will become lights in our cities, lights in our families, lights in our jobs oh god in the name of jesus christ i pray that our behaviors oh god we even reflect the christ who lives in us give us the ability to share the gospel with our children with our families with our mothers with our fathers with our our friends lord with our bosses lord we are not even going to the uttermost we are starting at jerusalem make us good witnesses in our own little jerusalem's That you've given us, that we can do, that we can handle. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, oh God, the Lord, as we live here, we may not be doers, we may not be hearers only, but doers of your word. We thank you in Jesus' name. And the people of God say, Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Seated, it's okay. Is that something you and I can do? Can we even start off with just our children? Wonderful. Put your hands together for yourselves. Hallelujah. Well, we will just bring the service to an end at this moment. I think we'll take communion during the We
0: hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.